Welcome. Welcome to Ike. Here you'll find inspiration, ideas, creativity, conversation, motivation, culture, stories, and more. While you're listening to an audio experience unlike anything else. Beautiful sounds that appeal to the senses. Information you can use. Interesting guests. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ike. Information you can use. Interesting guests. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ike. This is the Ike Podcast. Hey everybody, Alex here. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today we sit down with Alec Ingold, fullback for the Miami Dolphins. He's tearing it up in the NFL. He came from Wisconsin, went through Madison, and now he's doing some excellent things on and off the field. So we're touching on all those topics and more. Let's get into it. This is the Welcome to Ike podcast. My name is KJ Ikestead and I'll be your host. And today we're joined by two very special people, my co-host, Alex and also Alec Ingold, the hottest fullback in the NFL right now. He's doing all sorts of stuff on and off the field. We're very excited to get him on the show. It's been a long time coming. Alec, welcome to the show. How you doing? Round of applause. Let's freaking go, dude. I'm I'm hype. I'm excited to be here. The hottest fullback. I was worried where you were headed with that when you said hottest <laughs> fullback in the league right now, but I appreciate the sentiment. I'm just excited to talk, talk shop, talk life, talk everything with you guys. Obviously, you, like you said, it's been a long time coming, so I'm glad I could get on here. Yes, I just want to welcome in Alex Eichsit as well. Alex, where are you calling in from, man? Calling in from Norway. I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in. Alec, thank you for being here. Miami Dolphins, you know, but also a champion in the community. So we have a great show for everybody today. Let's lock in. Let's get it. Cage, thanks for having me. Yes, I think that's a great way to kick this off. We've got Miami, Florida. We've got Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We've got Oslo, Norway. Three cities, three regions that are all making waves for very different reasons. Um, And truthfully, I think that sets the stage for this podcast because here at Ike, and and obviously, Alec, you've got your goals, but we're all about changing the world, Uh, thinking big, not limiting yourselves at all. And and just the fact that we're all on this podcast you know, pod right now in three very different cities and three very different uh, professions is super special. But speaking of changing the world, Alec, I think um, you are doing some incredible things right now. Obviously, for the fans and the listeners who don't know, Alec is a fullback for the Miami Dolphins team. And it's extra special in the NFL because he just uh, was part of that offense that put up 70 points and that is unheard of the Dolphins actually had a chance to break the NFL record but they chose to take the high route and and not do that which says something but this leads into my big question Alex sorry for the long buildup but it's like you are doing some really cool things that are getting amazing results but at the same time your book the seven crucibles kind of talks about how every time some great stuff has happened in your life it's almost been preceded by a large chunk of adversity. And and right now you, you just signed a deal that made you the highest paid fullback in the AFC. You've got a bunch of great stuff going on off the field, whether it's your foundation, your podcast, your mentorship, 
the team is gelling. Can you talk about just like the most recent adversity um, you you experienced and just like how it really just slingshot you to, to where you are and just not giving up and kind of reaping the rewards as we speak? Yeah, I think, I mean, the biggest, I would say the biggest life adversity that I've had recently, you know, you go back to tearing an ACL, um, going onto the streets, you're a free agent, and then joining a, a new, you know, new organization across the country, you know, a few people in the building, and you really have to reimagine yourself, reidentify yourself, reintroduce yourself to everybody at the facility. And to go through that, not being 100% healthy, trying to get back on the field, going through that entire process, uh, and then turning that into a, a Pro Bowl alternate season, I think was one of the biggest pieces of adversity I've ever had to really go through. And I think it was such a big piece because you're tested every single day like it's a job interview. Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, I felt like I was getting tested every single day. You had to be on. You couldn't take a single day off, a single moment off when you're trying to inspire teammates, inspire yourself, play up to a standard of accountability for your teammates and in, in an organization professionally. Um, so, yeah, man, I think that that last year, the full calendar year after tearing an ACL uh, is extremely tough. And on the other side of that, just like you said, you kind of reap the rewards of finally hitting the ground running. Like you finally get a chance in the offseason to catch your breath go back into work-life balance. You, you talked about the foundation, being able to do football camps up in Wisconsin, down here in Florida, money mini camps, financial literacy stuff, stuff that just, you know, public speaking, motivational speaking to give you, to refuel your purpose, your soul, your why, to get married, and then to come back and do it all over again while people know who you are, what you're about. Uh, that's really what my last couple of years have been after that big piece of adversity. And I think that's where, all of a sudden you find this flow state of everything aligning, everything really being how it's supposed to be. Um, and not in a bad way, not like you're God's gift, but just by your process and the way you go about the way um, you go to work every single day, your habits, your systems, your routines, it kind of all leads up into the success or results you might see on a scoreboard. Um, but you're never really chasing those results. It kind of just is a byproduct of your process and how you go about your day to day for a couple of years. And then, um, all of those results kind of pile up and it seems like it all happens overnight. Man, you had a great, uh, I guess, exclamation mark on that answer because you, you kind of drilled home on the process and you, you spoke about that in your own podcast and everyone listening here has a process whether they realize it or not. Um, but one of the things that has always uh, stuck out to me in terms of like resonating quotes is in order to achieve something you've never done or get something you've never gotten you've got to do something you've never done and alec you're kind of i mean in every area of life man you know just married a beautiful you know your beautiful fiance you've got a wife now uh foundations doing pretty cool you've got great collabs with lululemon stuff like that teams gelling finances are doing okay so my direct question i'd love if, if you could just get as vulnerable as possible with the listeners here because it, it's it's easy to kind of be humble especially your personality but like what exactly have you been doing to be getting the things that you know are just coming to fruition right now if you if you could try and quantify that into like some tangible things uh and just share that with the listeners and then alex maybe if you have any questions you'd like to ask alec after that 
Yeah, man. Uh, I think the first thing that comes to mind and the first challenge that you really have to undergo is really putting your ego to the side and be willing to fail, not being afraid to fail. I think whenever you take a first step in, into a venture where your heart feels like you want to go, uh, if you're praying about it, if you are, are worried about anything, you're having communications with your teammates, whether you're at work, whatever you're doing, like that, that fear of failure is the biggest thing holding myself back, everyone back. And you talk about all the different things that I have going on on the plate. I really do think that not being afraid to fail or look silly when you're trying to start out and really just learning along the way, that entrepreneurship spirit, that mindset, I feel like goes a long way in, in truly, genuinely, authentically trying to be the best version of yourself and not limiting yourself to one specific medium, not limiting yourself to one podcast or one interview or one video or uh, through social media or in real life or with a collaboration or with a foundation. I feel like just putting yourself out there uh, and then trusting that uh, if you have a genuine heart and authentic, you know, intentions behind that, that all of your intentions will, will really shine through to others and they'll receive the, the, the true vulnerability that you're trying to be with. And the, the quote that you said about um, doing something that you've never done before in order to achieve something you haven't ever achieved before. You know, that was something that I, I actually had a, a meeting with Amarant Bank. I'm doing some motivational speaking for their corporate uh, banking down here in Florida. And I brought up that ex- same exact quote today, uh, talking about a story from my book, The Seven Crucibles, about Andy Kasich absolutely beating the crap out of me in a wrestling room at 18 years old <laughs> and having to, to make that decision, make that conscious decision to not be afraid to fail. And to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation in a practice room so that you could go out and achieve something you've never achieved before. And that was the first time I really owned a lesson. I was really taught that lesson through hardship, through crucibles, through hard work, um, through a little bit of adversity. And, um, and that those messages still ring true today. And Alec, you know, I have a comment. Um, something that someone once said to me recently that really stuck home was, that she was delirious. And I found myself challenging myself to be more delirious, think bigger. And kind of in those moments you just you kind of described when you're in the wrestling room that you you were chasing that championship and you maybe had to, you know, look, you were in the fog, you were in the storm and you you didn't know where the end goal was, but you had to be delirious at some point and really believe that it was possible. Can you maybe describe for the listeners like that last maybe big goal where you were kind of delirious about chasing and then, hey, here you are, you achieve something and you can look back and it. it doesn't seem so crazy anymore. Fake it till you make it that that type of delirious mindset. Um, you know, I think I'm still chasing one. I'm trying to be the best in the world at what I do. Um, and I don't think I've achieved that yet. And it's been a delirious goal of mine for a long time. And now there's some quantitative stats that uh, are peeking its head out and you're kind of on the cusp of doing some special things with a special group of people. And, you know, I think it's, it's starting to show its, its teeth right now. And when you're on the cusp of doing something that you've believed that's been inside of you for so long, uh, it's kind of crazy to kind of be on that precipice, right? To be at the point where the results are starting to show and people are starting to see or believe what you've believed for so long to be true. And 
to not change in your process of being being that delirious person or to to wake up early and hit a, a sauna for 15 minutes or a steam room for 15 minutes and a cold plunge and your your habits your routines or however you get into that delirious mindset where you're like you know what I'm gonna have a test today I'm gonna go through this thing with a smile on my face with love in my heart and I'm gonna go at it with relentless effort and energy. You know, like just because you're starting to see results of, of success in something that you've believed in your heart or other people are starting to pat you on the back, you can use the dolphins, for example. You know, everyone and their brother wants to compliment how great this offense is, how great this team is and, and pat you on the back on ESPN and all these all these talk shows. And it's like, how do you deal with that success? Can you can you turn that off? And uh, when other people are starting to believe what you've believed in, in your heart for such a long time, I feel like that's where you really got to bite down on the mouthpiece. That's when you really got to strap up, stay disciplined, stay to what's gotten you up to that point and continue that growth mindset. So I, I do really think that being on that precipice is the biggest challenge and not changing up and not changing up your process and, and continuing to grow, improve, learn and serve the people around you. Absolutely. I, I just have one follow up there um, for KJ and myself. When we we're producing podcasts, chasing top of the list on Spotify, whether it's music podcasts, uh, there's times where you have to just kind of go back to work as you as you were describing. Right. You get to that point where you have that, you know, you accomplished what you thought was that goal. Now you're chasing something else. And something I kind of would like to describe it as is doubling down where with Ike, KJ and I, we double down, we, we go back to the well, we go back to the same thing that maybe worked. How do you, Alec, double down on whether it's your, your you know, first the athletic side of you, but then, you know, off the field um, to make sure that you're, I guess, you know, hitting your strengths and also just kind of powering through those moments after that success is realized? Yeah, when you say doubling down and going back to the well and, and seeing um, going back to your routine or what has worked in the past and you're constantly learning and you're constantly growing, you know, I kind of take that as like you've been trained. You know, you've been right. trained a certain way. You've, oh, yeah. you've been trained through experiences. You've been trained through failures, through success, and to trust that training with blind faith. I think that's where you don't second guess yourself. You don't hesitate. You're able to make decisions with a clear mind and trust yourself and not have any regret. And that allows you to be present and mindful, intentional and deliberate about your actions. And I feel like that's where if you are as present as you can possibly be, if you're exactly where your feet are, where, where your feet are at, uh, I think that's where you can find success over and over again. And that's where uh, I really resonate with your your metaphor of going back to that well of doubling down, so on and so forth. So adding on top of both of your points, which have been fascinating, I'm kind of just wrestling with what I want to ask here because uh, there's so much to go at. But you're making me think of the Steve Jobs quote, uh, basically, those who think they're crazy enough to change the world are the ones that do. And I would say that that is something that applies to all three of us here. Um, you know, Alex, whether it's you going to Norway, uh, you know, blowing up with the music whether it's independent ike channels kind of making all these waves in the wisconsin sports community alec obviously you know the odds you overcame are just unbelievable i encourage everyone to go and check out uh the ike badgers podcast episode with alec from a few years ago he tells his entire story but my question is alec i think 
the Lord that I have someone like my brother, Alex, my partner, Alex, who I can be that crazy, that positive crazy to push myself forward at these big goals. And he's embracing of that. And, you know, kind of like the circle around you that maybe it's your wife, maybe it's your your closest uh, friends and stuff like that, who instead of viewing you as crazy, they're like, no, nah, man, he's driven. He's got a vision. He's going and getting it. So my question kind of pertains to some people, uh, all the people out there who may not be as as driven as uh, crazy enough to think they can change the world type of thing, even though deep inside us, we all have these gifts and these talents. So, so my question is, like, what advice or how would you go about, I guess, just like making people believe that, you know, they can do even more, they can do even better, they can they can change the world, like there really is no limits. Um, and man, honestly, you're one of the biggest examples in my life. So uh, I, I could rattle off an example. But like, yeah, I guess like, how, how do you because I, I feel like there's certain people who who embrace it. And there's certain people who are like, there's no hope. But here we are all three kind of examples in our own way. Like, how do you convey that message to someone? I think one thing is really trying to find out, you know, I talk about this a lot with your purpose and your identity and kind of distinguishing the two, who you are, what you do, how you do it and why. And if you can answer all four of those questions and they're distinct and they're different, I feel like that's a good starting point. But if you kind of get up in the clouds a little bit, you talk about Steve Jobs and such a visionary being able to change the world and talk about that. You know, I can also pair that with uh, a metaphor of Belgian plow horses, man. They are uh, there's these animals, these specimens that we talk about all the time uh, in the football, in the locker room. Uh, they can carry and pull up to 8,000 pounds. They put a yoke on their back and they pull and they work and they drive and they can pull 8,000 pounds. And now they have these competitions where they see, you know, which Belgian pole horses can pull the most weight. And if they put two of them together in the same yoke, uh, I'm sure you guys have heard this metaphor before yeah. the story, whatever, they can pull up to 22,000 pounds. That's nuts. 22,000. It's like three times. The- the parts is great or uh, the strength of the whole greater than the individual three. parts. Yep. Yep. And if they train together for you know months on end, they can, they can pull up to 34,000 pounds, which is, yeah, the sum of the parts equals more or sorry, the, the team. Yeah. yeah whatever the, whatever we know. the thing is. <laughs> I uh, just there's two of them. so <laughs> bad. There's two, we always, there's two we always joke about it. It's like four times. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, if you can kind of compare those two metaphors, it's like, man, lean into that creative mind of yours that wants to change the world and, and has these crazy big dreams and goes after it. And if you can couple that with a work ethic, that's not afraid to put your head down and just drive and work and grind and grit and find somebody else that you can train with, that you can believe with, that you have support with, that you can wake up every single day and be disciplined and work and do the nasty stuff that takes to be great. If you have that combination, man, you're unstoppable. You're unbelievable. You're unbeatable, um, especially in today's day and age. And I feel like that's where you can get really lost in the clouds with the visionary and the scary ideas. But man, if you put all those dreams down into goals and there's a timetable to it and it's specific and you find these yeah. stepping stones that you can really get after, man, that's where that's where things get scary. That's where things can really happen. I will say um, you got to write the goals down. I know if, if anyone's listening to this, uh, if you're ever you know traveling for, for whatever reason, that's one time when my brain seems to be a little more uh, brain dead than than if I'm just like 
relaxing reading or something. So I love writing my goals down in like a, like a plane or something, um, deep thinking, but yeah, you got to put that timetable. You got to break them down to the smaller goals. Uh, it's really everything kind of going back to the process. Alex, what, what were you going to follow up with? I was going to say, Cage, you mentioned how we all have it deep inside us. You were, you were talking about relatable qualities where everyone can make an impact wherever they are and whatever they're passionate about. And for me, something that has inspired, I guess, what I've been able to do, what we've been able to do with Ike Cage, and I'm sure with you too, is that inner belief that we always had it in us, right? Whether it was that we were going to be the number one podcast network. We used to say this before we even were, uh, whether it was the music, always believing that it was achievable, it was possible uh, that I could, you know, be a, a talented producer, whatever that may be. And f- so, Alec, you know, one thing I, I wonder about you is deep inside of you, you know, you were undrafted, you were a walk on, you've really had to, you know, cut your own. What was that driving message you, you told yourself? And, and maybe you've been able to speak out, you know, the more you've grown older into the world that about what you really wanted to accomplish, I guess. And do you even have that defined or maybe you want to just talk about that for a second? I think that. Uh, when I was kind of going through some adverse moments in life, that's where I peeled the the layers of the onion back and really figured out that I wanted to inspire other people to believe in the best versions of themselves. Because so many times growing up, whether it was getting recruited in college, whether it was getting benched in college, whether it was going undrafted, when it was tearing your ACL, being a free agent, the toughest times, my biggest hurdle mentally was not believing in myself. And that comes from the adoption story. That comes from... Uh, being overlooked, that's that comes from being counted out. Um, all of those experiences that I've gone through in my life, the biggest challenge I have is always believing in myself and having the self-confidence uh, to be self-critical, to get to work, to put goals down and truly believe that I can accomplish it. Um, so if there is any way that I can walk in a way where other people can feel inspired to believe in themselves, to believe in their dreams and their goals and their testimonies and their drive and their purpose, man, why, why would I hold anything back to help serve the person next to me trying to be great? And I feel like that's really what my purpose is, is morphing into that. That's where I can put on some shoulder pads and a helmet and inspire people to believe from green Bay, Wisconsin, that they can make it into the NFL. If they work hard, if they do the right things, if they do right by others, if they serve, if they lead, if they work their tail off and um, that dream could be an NFL that could be playing the piano. That could be being an astronaut. That could be being the best financial advisor in the world. I don't know what it is, but to allow somebody to feel purpose and drive and inspiration in whatever they decide to do for a living and to be a great human being while doing it. uh, That's, that's really the, the legacy that I'm trying to work through. And that's what I hope my, when I hang up the cleats and when I'm all done and you know, I'm sitting on a rocking chair up in, in Green Bay, Wisconsin, one day when I'm 75 years old, I hope that's the first thing that people think about is how I was able to empower other people, and inspire other people um, to truly chase their dreams. Man, I have no doubt that 
you will bring that to fruition. And uh, I tell you what, pattern recognition, you've got some pretty good data points behind you, pointing your trend lines in the right direction. Um, so speaking of 75, speaking of long-term vision, speaking of all that, you're also very practical and very self-aware where um, you know, you're kind of able to prioritize putting first things first. Obviously, the NFL is is an extreme priority. And then after that, you've got family foundation and fam- family and faith and stuff all, all probably before that. But um, long story short is, is you're able to prioritize successfully. But at the same time, you understand that the NFL might not be here forever. And so what you're doing is you're building a brand off the field that encompasses your foundation. It it encompasses mindset coaching. It encompasses financial literacy, uh, basically like belief, um, football camps, softball, charity uh, events, and all sorts of great stuff. Um, And and I'm going to tie this in because, you know, that's a relatively simple question. Like why is it important to build a brand? But I think the two go hand in hand, Alec, with people finding that purpose that you were just uh, talking to or talking about. And that's where happiness comes from. That's where success comes from. If you are happy, you are able to thrive and you are doing something that, you know, gives you, gives you fire, gives you juice. So it's like, what would you say to someone who, who maybe is, kind of doing okay but they have these gifts inside them and they might be hesitant on maybe starting another initiative whether it be like a brand a show um, a business or or even like uh, just helping someone simply because they don't know if it's going to be worth it uh, you know in the long game like could, could you speak to that person out there for a second the first thing I would say is give without the intent to receive right and when you talked about you gave this this build up onto this question and you talked about my brand and what I'm doing off the field and how I'm parlaying that with being in the NFL right now while I'm here striking while the iron's hot. Everything that you brought up, I lived through before. Uh. Everything that I am trying to serve and give back to, I received. I was on the receiving end of it. It's things that I know. It's things that I care about. It's things that shaped me as an adult now. And so that's where there's authenticity behind the brand in, man, I'm giving back exactly what I received just in a different form, a different medium, a different fashion into where, you know, it might've hit my brain one way or another. Now let me try and turn that back and hit other people uh, with that same inspiration, with that same mindset that I was taught from a teacher, from a coach, from a mentor, from a family member, from a friend. So there's no worry about um, having to, fake anything because it's genuinely what I've lived and what I know and what I believe. So I think that's where a brand can ring true and be relatable and be genuine and be inspirational. Because when you start talking, you get excited, you don't have to fake it. You know, you lived it, you you love it, you feel it. And I feel like that's where um, if people can kind of take the time, like you said, you're for you, it's an airplane for me, it's driving and doing voice memos. Like that's where my mind just races. I have random stream of consciousness that uh, is really just for whatever reason, that forward motion for me just gets me in a a really good headspace to think, to journal. Um, So voice memo is obviously a lot safer while you're driving than, than trying to write it down on a a college rule notebook. But um, to be able to find that place where you can genuinely, Oh, sorry about that. No, Um, to, to find where 
um, you can inspire, you can be yourself, you can be genuine and you can find that love in your heart. I feel like that's where, um, a brand or, um, an initiative, a project can really ring true and relate with others. Yeah. Um, man, I mean, it's almost like an extension of your, of yourself, like a brand. And I think that's the biggest thing is humans over the years, we shape shift and our interests shape shift. And, you know, you were mentioning you're a football player, but all those things you lived, like those are extensions of yourself, whether it be, uh, you know, maybe once you're done with your career, it might be community outreach. It might be getting deeper into the financial literacy. It might be all those things, but uh, the cool part is, is that you can shape shift into whatever that is and follow those initiatives, some of those initiatives or all those initiatives when the playing days are over. And uh, it's really special because that, that carries that purpose on. And um, yeah, well, Alex, what I was thinking, add? yeah, what, what I was thinking was you were mentioning the ups and downs, the ups and downs. And I just always picture waves because I'm an engineer. But you know what I also picture, Cage? And this is because of you. And uh, that's the stock market, right? A stock. And when you have a brand, you understand that a brand has more importance about time in than timing. Of course, with the brand, mm-hmm. you want to nail every opportunity. You want to do exactly what you can to maximize that moment. Alec, I'm sure you you always put a lot of pressure on yourself to perform at the peak when that happens, but it doesn't always work out that way. But however, with the time in, with the consistent work, with the going through those ups and downs, kind of looking at it, not so much as a down, but kind of an opportunity to get better, That's where the brand really grows faster than you can ever imagine. And so I just want to ask, you know, from your standpoint, where is your brand really grown in areas where you haven't really you couldn't have envisioned it? Um, I I really think that something about you that you just keep on having, you know, more lanes and more opportunities. Maybe you want to speak on some of those projects. I think the big thing that's that's really been popping off is. Um, speaking to businesses, to schools, to individuals, when you talk about mindset coaching or motivational speaking, like to be able to draw parallels from my experiences in a locker room, especially while we're going through it, when you see it every single Sunday uh, and being able to parlay that into how it relates to a corporate culture, to team building, to entrepreneurship. um, I think all of those have been really interesting and really you know, passion projects that have kind of developed overnight. And it's something where it it, it was just so much alignment from teams are really just teams. People are people. Experiences are experiences. And if you're able to translate the, the real and the more vulnerable you get with others, you see so much more relatability with one another in what we're going through. Now, the circumstances might be different. The situations or the context of a situation might be different. But the feelings, the emotions, the responses, what you can and can't control are so similar in performing at your highest level. And I feel like that's been something where whether I'm talking to a tennis player, a gymnast, a basketball player, uh, a banking company, uh, a, a college athlete, a high school athlete, there's so many parallels that go through. You can pull a line through all of them. And it's really inspiring to see people be vulnerable in those spaces and then see on the other side of that, how the results can change. Yeah. I, I, I would say that bringing it back to vulnerability, uh, my life changed when I kind of let go and gave it all the, 
the man upstairs, you know, and um, just just was ultimately vulnerable. And uh, good things started to happen. And, and I would recommend that to anyone. So I really want to thank you for kind of giving us these great answers. Uh, we have a few more questions. It's the lightning round. So basically, I'll ask you a couple quick hitters. And all I ask is that you keep it to uh, one or two sentences max for the answers. Sound good? That'll be tough. I'm going to do my best, though. So. All right, my friend. All right. So first one, favorite food lately? Favorite food? Like cheeseburgers, baby. Cheeseburgers. That's Never my, go that's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> What's a, a good book you've read? Courage is Calling. Uh, Ryan Holiday is the man. Yeah. Alrighty. What's a musical artist you've been listening to a lot this year? Mm. Normally, I would say J. Cole. That's my go-to. But I've been riding heavy with uh, Zach Zach Bryan. Zach Bryan. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's been blowing up. Um, what's the first app you open in the morning? I get a daily stoic email uh, sent to the e- to the inbox. So I try and read that before anything else. Yeah, those are – I was in a phase with those. I got to get back in there. Those are good um, every morning. Uh, quick quick one. Who's, uh, who's usually controlling the Dolphins' music in the locker room? Jalen Waddle. Does it change after the seventy? <laughs> no, so they have like a they have like a is some aux going all the time, but no one can control that music. No one knows where it comes from. It's like from the ether, like it's not real. Jalen Waddle just plays his own music, and I'm his locker neighbor, and they're straight bangers every time. It's the best. That's cool. That's cool. Um, how about this? Uh, what's one of the favorite classes you've ever taken? consumer behavior in the university of wisconsin uh sohi is all about like uh how marketing like how how people market to you and how to control your emotions when you're buying and, and selling and all that stuff it was pretty interesting how not to get roped in huh <laughs> or how like to rope in. <laughs> oh yeah oh alec here's a side one um did you take any uh specific like i don't know if you ever read like chris voss but the difference and you you mentioned you you delegated a lot to your agent which obviously makes sense and he's really good at what he does but like did you take any of like lessons uh you learned from life into your contract negotiations or were you just completely like letting that uh be handled by the agent or could you speak on that for a sec i think i tried to separate emotions from the business i tried to be as patient as possible and I had to trust the team that I put in place to do their job. I feel like that's really those three things that I, I really fought to try and just understand, stick with, so that I could compartmentalize my day job and trying to be a captain and leading a group of guys versus worrying about the contract and letting that affect my performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, very mature. Uh, what's, um? I guess, a quick follow-up in, in- – you can get as deep into this if you want or if, we, if you don't want to. But it was so monumental when I saw the news of your extension because of the uh, the the environment in the market for ball carriers. And I guess, like, if there is anyone to maybe, like, turn over a new leaf and getting some, some new deals done, like, you know, like, what uh, is it? 
I guess I could. What What do you think happens here with uh, the ball carrier market? Because I, I guess if you look at mark uh, market forces, like they always like they swing definitely, but they usually even out. Um, you know, obviously you signed a deal, so there are deals to be out there. Teams are seeing value. It might be a little bit of a disagreement right now, but could do you have any thoughts you'd like to add on just like the the little bit of the schism right now? It seems between um, maybe some ball carries around the league or. If, if not, we can move on to the next question. Yeah, no, I would just say, like, all the ball carriers that had to sign franchise tags or are getting franchise tagged, um, it just seems like there's such a heavy cap put on them. It's like a weight that they can't get off their shoulders right now from nobody being able to hit a free market at the right age where people are willing to pay for it. And the more guys that are signing these one-year deals with contingencies that they cannot be franchise tagged, uh, it's only a matter of time before a number of them are able to hit the free market at the same time and drive the price up. I don't yeah. know if that's going to be this year, next year, three years from now, but it just seems like that's where they're biting the bullet now to hopefully reset the market. So then when franchise takes come back into play, it's at least in a little bit more reasonable um, pay scale. Well, speaking of adversity, we talked about that. It's kind of like bend, don't break. If you're a ball carrier, you have to bend right now, but you, you don't have to break, as you're kind of saying, right? It might take like three or four guys in the same free agency to really launch. That That's really fascinating. Okay, sorry, sorry, I just want well, to throw and, that aside. And, and to me, man, my takeaway, and, and obviously every situation is different, but like, yeah, I mean, like, I would just be focusing on how much I could do off the field, um, similar to Alex's situation and uh, – We'll see. You know, it's just it's a very interesting subject right now. Um, Alec, favorite movie and favorite TV show? Mm. Remember the Titans? That's like OG Disney. Like that's always going to be a favorite TV show. I'm crushing suits right now. Like absolutely addicted. I can't can't put it down. Okay. Okay. Um, What's the next vacation you want to go on? Um. I would love to go Europe, man. Just like full on tourist. We're obviously playing in Germany this year, but Italy would be cool. My wife studied abroad there for a couple months, so she knows the ins and outs a little bit. So I think if she could take me out to Italy, that'd be awesome. Oh, yeah. We'll regret it. <laughs> we, we, were, we were there pretty recently. Uh, uh, my birthday uh, this year. That was, uh, that was a good time. So, Alec, Alec uh, last question, man. How's the family and how's Alec Engel, the person, doing? Uh, family is good. Working like crazy as always. Um, the person, I'm doing good. Embracing change in life. Um, doing it with a smile on my face and in-season healthy. So extremely grateful for that. And, um, yeah, man, just continuing with my process with a little bit of forward lean and pulling some guys with me as best I can. I think that's, that's really the mantra and that's kind of the self-talk that I, I try and carry with myself every single day. Love that that momentum. Thank you so much for a great interview. I want to encourage everyone listening, go check out Alex, a book, the seven crucibles, go check out Alec Engold on X. He's on Instagram. He's got a podcast called forged in gold. And Alec, if they want to sign up for your newsletter, how do they do that? You do, uh, I think it's a Monday mindset newsletter. Mindset Monday, uh, you can head over to alecingold.com. There will be a nice little pop-up. It's really friendly. It just shows up. You just have to be there for like three seconds and it'll just pop up in the middle of the screen. You can put your email in. Uh, it gets a daily dose of uh, mindset every so often. 
Yeah, it's good stuff. And, and Alec puts in, he puts in serious work to this. We've seen him behind the process. So uh, any final thoughts, Alex or Alec? Uh, I would just say thank you for the opportunity. Always grateful. Uh, attitude of gratitude and, and seeing these these moments as opportunities to, to share space and create space with some special people. So I appreciate you guys taking the time. And uh, it was it was definitely a blessing to be able to be here with you guys. Yeah, thanks so much, Alec. I want to encourage everyone to just keep thinking big. Let's all just change the world one day at a time. This is the Welcome to Ike podcast. I want to thank Alex for joining us. I want to thank Alec for another great episode. Thank you. And we will catch you next time. See you, everybody. See you. Six in the woods with our friends and family.